but there are also writings that nobody will pay you for. And those writings are also necessary. I mean, I'm very weary of paranoia. <laughs> <laughs> You have to apply through the appropriate channels before you can use that one. Welcome to the Writer Source Podcast with Ufoma and Faith. The podcast where you get all the juicy content and hot topics on the myths and truths about writers and the writing industry, especially in Africa and around the continent. Hi guys, our guest on today's episode is Dami Ajayi. Dami Ajayi is a critically acclaimed poet, psychiatrist, essayist, and music critic. He's the co-founder of Saraba Magazine, The Lagos Review, and Yaba Left Review. Dami is also the author of two collections of poetry, Clinical Blues, and A Woman's Body is a Country. Welcome, Dami. Welcome, Dami. Hi. Nice to be here. Thank you for joining us. No issues at all. Quite (laughs) delighted to be here. Yeah. I'm smiling like cheek to cheek, Dami, because I've been trying to get you on this podcast since. And Dami's schedule does not always match with our schedule. So I'm so happy that we finally have you on the episode. And guys, Dami's like my very own big brother. I call him Eggborn. He's my brother. He's my friend. And I'm so happy to be speaking with him on this um episode. And he's just everywhere, building here and there. So I just need to be talking about all the good stuff you've been doing on this episode. So before we go on, I'd like to introduce how Dami is my big brother. Yeah, so I think we met in, I think, early 2018. Uh, at the time, I was, I, I just found out about Saraba Magazine and its founders, Dami Ajayi, Emmanuel Iduma, and I also, I think I just also read Stay With Me around the same time by Ayobami Adipaya. So they're all friends, all in Saraba, and I was just excited. So I did the, you know, I slid into the DMs, I shot my shots to intern with Saraba and that made it so easy. I think that was the first time I would ever shoot my shot at a job and he made it easy, one or two calls. I spoke with him, spoke with Manuel Duma and long story short, I got a virtual internship with the magazine and it was, a, it was an amazing experience and since then, Dami has actually been like a very supportive part of my writing journey and everything generally. So, I think I'll just give it to Faith to go on with the episode because I'm just going to keep talking about how special Dami Ajayi is to me. So, oh. Faith. <laughs> You're making me blush here, you know. <laughs> I'm actually blushing. Yeah. Well, guys, like, like I know you're all wondering. Don't worry. I, it's not my egg yet. By the way, thank you for making me too bad. But um, well, I don't. It's so great. Yeah. Yes, I mean, uh, there's I have more than more enough more than enough egg-bone-ship to go around. Uh, uh, um. So, I I just wanted to um take it from the beginning. So, you are a practicing psychiatrist. And yes. I just wanted to ask, how have you managed being a medical doctor and an acclaimed writer at the same time? And I mean, you've, you've written great poetry and equally amazing prose. So how, how have you managed both? Well, I'd like to say that I, I was always a writer, even before I became a doctor. So, I mean, I started writing quite early on. And I always knew I wanted to write. And 
I just wasn't sure on how to figure out the financial aspect of it because I've always felt that being a writer um, or being a writer is independent of either you get rich from it or you make money from it. Yeah. Um, obviously, there's a business side to 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 that, but um, I always wanted to have like some kind of um, safety net. So mm-hmm. that was how, that was why I studied uh, medicine. I studied medicine because I was just one of those kids that you know maybe seemed to be bright, and you know in Nigeria, if you are bright, they would say, yeah, yeah. I'm becoming <laughs> a doctor yes. or a lawyer or engineer." Yes. Yes, I mean I never failed any classes. Just went through. Was a good science student. Decided to become a doctor, passed jam, got into Ife. So everything just went that way, that way. But really, what I really wanted to do was to write, you know. So, um, yeah, that's really what, what, pretty much what it is. Um, and then, obviously, if you're passionate about something, you do yeah. it, isn't it? Yeah. So that's pretty much um, how I said. Yes. Oh, thank you, Damien. Um, does being a psychiatrist come into play in your Parts as a press and critic in summary. Well, I mean, I guess, I guess, um, your experiences enrich enriches your writing, doesn't it? Yeah. So, yeah. um, and if you're a poet, you're working with very intimate material, isn't it? Um, okay. so that if everything you consume from music, in my own instance, I write, I'm inspired a lot by music, to just the Leave the experience of life itself comes in. So, I mean, and psychiatry is that field of medicine that is all encompassing in the sense that you cannot be a good psychiatrist if you're not interested in human beings. And if you're not interested in human beings, or if you're interested in human beings, then you'll be interested in literature. Mm-hmm. You'll be interested in anthropology. Yeah. You'll be interested in philosophy. You'll be interested in sociology. You'll be interested in culture. You know, you'll be interested in in so many things, um, psychology, especially the abnormal aspects of it. You'd be interested in pop culture yeah. because what's popular influences us so much. Um, what's in vogue? Um, you'd be interested in social media, you know, which is the new thing, isn't it? You're interested yeah. in technology. Yes. Because, I mean, whatever experiences that comes to you in your, in your job is always within the context of what is happening. So all of this enriches you in such a way and it's, it just filters into your writing because I mean, we don't write from out of a vacuum. We don't write from out of a void. We write from what moves us deeply. Yeah. And yes, that's, so that's, that, that's, that's what I think. Um, that's the way it works. I think I took something from what you just said, like what moves us, what moves us deeply. And I think this also goes to what um, Unzupe said on his episode about Unzupe, the victim of um, the Shadow Tales review, about right. how writing gave him peace and it was what he knew he wanted to do. So yes, what moves you and what gives you peace generally. So let's talk about founding and building. Like I said at the beginning of the episode, that is always building. I mean, there is Saraba Magazine, there is the Lagos Review, and there's also Yaba Left Review. So um, can you talk about how you started off on all these ideas and how you built them, you know, from beginning, from start to finish, and the continuity? Yeah, I mean, most of this... Um experiences or platforms where will I say they, they happened because you find that the cultural space, especially in um in low 
middle-income countries is not developed at all. And I'm not, um, I'm not being, uh, well, I say I'm not being judgmental. You know, I'm just saying that we don't pay attention to those kinds of things a lot. So yeah. when you start, when you're starting out, you find that you're starting from zero. I mean, every generation has had to start from zero, more or less. Every generation, every generation of writers, of filmmakers, of um, musicians, even, you know, the guys who are doing Afro beats, they started from zero. <laughs> you know, they, yeah. started from, they started from zero, you know, 20 years down the line, Afrobeat is big now and we're all loving it. But these guys started from zero because there are no cultural institutions. There's no institutional support. Government does not care. You know, I mean, we have a minister, a minister of culture and information, isn't it? Yes. But have, you asked, have you asked yourself how many times he did, he's done anything about culture? It's always information, <laughs> it, isn't it? So, I mean, <laughs> so when you come, when you come into that kind of space and you find that there's nothing happening, you have to start to do things for yourself, you know, and it's, so that's really what it's been. And I've been fortunate to have, to have worked with a lot of like minds, um, in my experience. So every so often I'll find someone who, like me, is passionate about what I'm passionate about. So I mean, Sarabak started because we're young, we're hungry to be published, and there were no platforms publishing us. Yeah. And we're not ready to compromise on what we were writing at the time because we knew we were doing good stuff. So we started the magazine. And then we published. And we published a lot of people who are big today, you know. Mm-hmm. And we ourselves, we, you know, haven't done too badly. I mean, all my um, colleagues that we started Saraba together, everyone has a book out for major awards, um, some leave of their writing. So, yeah, we're eating from it, isn't it? And with Lagos mm-hmm. Review, it was more of a context of, you know, critical, engagement, you know. The legacy newspapers in Nigeria do not do much for the culture scene. And a lot of the culture journalists are tired, you know, because they've been doing the same thing maybe for like 20, 30 years. They've seen it all, you know, so they're just tired. They can't even be bothered anymore. And you can't just continue to produce works and writing without engaging it, because the engaging of it is what helps us to understand what the writer is trying to do. And we need to have conversations about these things, you see. Um, mm-hmm. and, and that's why we started and Lagos Review myself and Tony Khan, who's my ego. Because as you people mm-hmm. are talking about me, I said, <laughs> I have ego. You know, we started Lagos Review. And, and, you know, Lagos Review may not be um, as trendy or as in your face, but I can tell you people go to that place People read the stuff and okay. we're doing the Lord's work, you know. You know, it's just that COVID has not been helpful. I mean, it's been quite a disruptive force, hasn't it? And then the Yaba Left Review was just, you know, I, I've always felt that there was a place that we need a place where we can fight and write nonfiction and publish good quality nonfiction. And that was why the Yaba Left Review was started with um, Tunji Olaliri. And myself and Tunji, we lived in Yaba for, I think, about four or five years. And when we were living in Yaba, okay. we always wanted to do that, you know. So it was one of those discussions that we had in our, in our barroom um, conversations. Like, dude, we need to start a, a magazine where people can just publish anything they like there. And that's yeah. where, yeah. So when we began, we became a bit more comfortable, you know. We had a bit of money to throw around. 
we started Yaba Life Review for that. So, you know, it's it's not like I'm being deliberate about these things. It just happens. It just happens, and uh, that's it. But every so often, I, I don't believe very much in doing things by myself. I always look for someone else can carry the idea. Then we work on it and uh, make it happen. So collaboration, yeah, it's key. Yeah, actually, collaboration is key. We can testify to that. Can we, Fate? I was about Fate. <laughs> mm. Yeah. So, Dami, you are a music lover and a music critic. And I think from what you said at the beginning, when you were talking about how being a psychiatrist comes to play with your poetry and your art, you spoke about how mm. everything is intertwined. So, I tend mm-hmm. to believe that almost every creative loves music but for you it's not just about listening to the music it's also about knowing you know the history of the music and getting to the root of it criticizing it and all that what is good what is you know Mm -hmm. everything about music when and how did you start writing music reviews and having such strong opinions about music right right i mean i think uh, i've always had strong opinions about music like even as a as a boy okay i always loved music you know always uh, that that's my first love you know that's that's the thing for me you know i, I always say to people that music saved my life you know and does it every day you know i listen to a lot of music and you know music is such when it's properly done it's so beautiful because it's it, it anchors a lot of things for us it anchors memories it anchors experiences and it has a way of just lifting your spirits you know and is uncanny, you know, why we like the songs we like. Because, and I guess really why I write about music is because I, I try to call attention to things. I tell people that I'm, a, I'm more of a praise singer than anything else. And singing praises is what I do in all, all the, in all the endeavors, you know, except when I'm, you know, being a doctor, which is more like healing or trying to heal people. Yeah. But even music also has its own healing potentials, you know, um, we need music. Musicians are very important to us, you know, very, very. Um, and we need to call attention to the music, you know, that is being produced. Uh, because no one is doing it really, you know. Um, if people were doing it, I probably would do it less, you know. But yeah. for me, nobody's doing this thing. Oh, yeah, I do it. You know, so <laughs> that's really what it's, it's been, you know. And, um, yeah, so I mean, you know, I've been writing about music since 2007. Okay. You know, like writing, I just started a blog back then. Um, but I started doing it, like you say, professionally in 2014. Um, mm-hmm. And I've been doing it since then, you know, professionally, writing about the music scenes. And I've always had this idea that um, Nigerian music, there's a there's a thread that runs through all of it, from the, the Abalabi rhythms and the juju roots, juju roots of the 20s, of the 1920s, all the way to Ruga, you know. There is a, a thread. <laughs> yes. There's a thread that runs through all of it, you know. And you people, people seem, you know, when you come to a scene, you believe that you are the first to do it. You are the only one to have ever done it, you know. But I mean, you go and listen to Rex Lawson singing and begging Udaja, and the same thing happens to Keys Daniel. He had to change his name to Keys with a Z as opposed to S because yeah. of caught troubles, you know, <laughs> and Brian had the same experience, you know, and the people in front of we still have those same experiences. The same, yeah. So the more things change, the more they are the same, and we just need to pay, pay attention to how, how these things happen, you know, so that's really what I'm doing. I'm just calling attention to all of that. 
and I do it. I do it enough, you know. There was it. There was a time I was writing a music review every day, every week for maybe four or five years. Wow, that's an incredible body of work, you know. Just an incredible body of work. It is. And yeah, so well, you know, we do the work. And, and we don't just talk the talk; we walk the walk as well. As we, ah, I even hear you. my egg boy does not just, you know, he does not just talk the talk. <laughs> he does the work. He will do the work, you know. And, and I, I tried to retire, you know, two years ago, and I put it out. And, uh, I retired. I said I'm retired, you know, but they did not allow me to retire. So people came, made, people came and made me an offer I could not refuse. You, you know, cannot refuse. They made me an offer I could not refuse. I was like, ah. you know, they broke out. They, they broke me out of retirement. You know, as they say, Urban or the good transfer. You get that kind of thing, and they're paid. They're cooking it good for me there. You know, so I was like, shout out to the Africa reporter. Those are the guys. Yay! You know, they are cooking it for me there. You know, looking after me properly. Shout out to my editor. That's beautiful. You know, so they, they brought me out of retirement, and you know, I'm doing I'm doing the work. You know, I, I write and now I write more expansive pieces. Okay. Obviously, I'm still the editor at large in the Lagos Review, and then I've also okay. got a newsletter on Substar where I write about stuff that no one's going to pay me for. You know, <laughs> yeah. because as a writer, you know that you you make money from your writing eventually if you do it well enough and long yeah. enough. But there are also writings that nobody will pay you for. And those writings are also necessary. Very. And we have to do it. Mm-hmm. So we'll do the work now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for sharing. Um, Dami, so just out of curiosity, what kind of music do you listen to? Ah, hmm. I like everything, though. <laughs> I listen to everybody. <laughs> I listen to everybody, actually. So I, I, I'd, I'd listen to, say... In the morning, I wake up and say, oh, today I want to listen to Juju Roots. And I start with maybe J.O. Yesikun, go to Tunde King, and then do Tire Wale Denge. And I say, okay, well, let's try some high life. Then I'll listen to Gentleman Ijaga, the Oriental Brothers, Rex Lawson. And I'll, okay, okay, let's move to New High Life. And then I'll go and listen to Cavemen. And, you know, and I'll like, oh, well, maybe some Afrobeat would be nice. Then I'll go listen to Fela. And then listen to the new guys doing it, like the Chicago, Chicago um, Afrobeat um, Project, uh, the new end band in Chile. I know I'm sure enough now, but please. <laughs> <laughs> you know. And then I listen to, I mean, I listen to, I listen to everybody. I listen to, you know, listen to reggae, you know, I listen to, to jazz, you know. I listen to a lot of jazz now because I think for me, jazz is still the, is still the highest, is the, is the highest genre. Oh. Because jazz, jazz is jazz is about mastery, and then yes. improvisation, you know. And then oh. jazz is still that is still the form that carries the weight of black trauma. The experiences, I mean, there's no experience that is as serious as slavery. Now that's the yes. colonialism. Yes. Colonialism is bad, yeah, it is. But <laughs> slavery, all those years, you know, those guys made jazz, you know, to carry the weight of yeah. it. It's beautiful, you know, and they mastered their instruments, you see. They mastered those instruments and then began to do the impossible with it. And they were pushing the genre. Um, Dami, you have two poetry collections, Clinical Blues and A Woman's Body is a Country, and also a chapbook. Can you tell us what inspired these collections and basically how these have their own impact on your career as a poet? 
Yeah, three, three, three before the end of this year, actually. Yeah, you know, I'm actually, I've just completed my third collection of poems called um, Affection and Other Accidents. Oh. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, think yeah, I yeah. saw that on your Twitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got a new book coming out, you know. Yay! <laughs> yeah, so I've done three books now. Three books of poems and then one chapbook. Um, so the first book is Clinical Blues, even though it was um, the chapbook that I first published. Um, most of the chapbook was a burst of creativity, was from a burst of creativity, and a lot of the other po- those poems were revised and became um, A Woman's Body is a Country. And then Affection and Other Accidents mm-hmm. is like, I'll call it a sequel to A Woman's Body is a Country. Um, a Woman's Body is a Country is a tribute to a song, you see, because I'm really moved by music. Um, yeah. And Affection and, Affection and Other Accidents is, uh, is a tribute to R&B. <laughs> R&B. So it's like an R&B album about a breakup. Yeah? So think about, I mean, think about Usher's Confessions, for instance. Okay. Um, and, but someone is doing like the poetry version of it. You know, so it's, um, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. So oh, wow. that's what my new book is about. But A Woman's Body is a Country, I'm sure you've read that. It's just a book about yeah. many, many things, about affection, really. It's about, yes. it's about, it's about emotional responses to, to, to different things, you know, to music, to love, to travel. Um, and I guess it's my most outward looking book. I, I, I did read Clinical Blues, so I can only speak for a woman's body, it's a country, but yeah. yes, it's a very beautiful collection. Yeah. And very romantic to some extent. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's about, it's about you know, you can't, write, you can't write about poetry without writing about love, because yes. love is still one of the strongest things, experiences that we have as humans. Um, it's just such a beautiful thing, isn't it? So you, you end up writing a lot of, but my own love poems are not like love poems of adoration. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. It's never never really about adoration. I mean, there are moments of adoration, but they're they're mostly sad. I mean, my poetry is very sad. Um, it's very dark. Um, but it's also quite moving. It's very lyrical, very influenced by music. Yeah, I mean, I don't like to talk about my own work, but you guys are making me to talk about my own work. You have to. <laughs> I don't like to talk about it. People should go and read the books. We have written the books. You know? Yes, yeah, so you guys, so we're going to drop descriptions in the description box. Get mm-hmm. Dami Ajayi's books, get A Woman's Body is uh, a Country, read and enjoy his works because they are really beautiful. Mm, thank you. <laughs> Now, why did you say thank you like that? Now, uh, uh, see, I cannot blow your trumpet. I mean, I'm very weary of parano. <laughs> 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 <Yeah. laughs> so that people would not say that uh, that me paid you to <laughs> blow trumpet. You know. Especially how she was saying it, boy, one now. You know, so there's 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 conflict of interest. You have to you have to be disclosure of interest. Public, public announcement. There's no conflict. Are you sure? <laughs> Are you sure, fam? <laughs> yeah. Look, I am laughing on this episode. <laughs> um, Demi, I just have um a que- I have another question actually. 
um so as a founder of a number of uh, magazines um and i could call you a publisher of some sort um what would you say are the biggest challenges you've come across like in the literary market or industry sustainable models that uh that is profitable and that allows you to still do the work you know literature culture these are things that they are not uh there's a business side of it you know but we can't just everything is not about business you know you know so yeah you need, you need institutional support you know so a lot of times you you get money every so often you know but what you need is a lot of money you know to keep these things going on and, yeah and you know and, and you as a as a founder ceo uh creative director you want to spend your energy trying to look at ways in which you push the creative frontiers you don't want to be looking yeah. for money but you have to look for money you have to look for everything you know you're running up and down like that character in a goyameno song you know <laughs> trying to trying to you know trying to find everything it exhausts you you, know, you become exhausted burn out and you drop it so that's why a lot of startups would die literary magazines you know yeah. die transition magazine died twice <laughs> wow. you know they died, died twice you know before they resurrected it in um is it effort now you know so it's just it's just support no day you know because yeah. cultural scene the cultural scene is not supported you know you have a ministry of culture that cannot that don't do anything don't do anything. They don't, they don't do anything, you know. The minister is going up and down fighting people on social media. You know. <laughs> and it can be frustrating because Just talking, the word is talking being put out there and nothing is coming in. There is no you help, get, there is no support. You get, you get, you know. So we need we need those kinds of support, you know, like proper institutional support, you know. Proper institutional support to push the work out. So a lot of People do these things, you know, uh, and after some time you get tired and you're like, well, I'm, I've paid my dues. And you step, you sidestep, yeah. you sidestep side it. So every so often a new magazine will come out and then the person who's doing the magazine after 10 years or 15 years, you will just be tired. Then you pack, mm -hmm. pack the thing aside and continue your life. Because, I mean, life happens to us all now. You know, yes. when, fees, when you're now, when you're paying school fees, you know that it's not a joke again. No? <laughs> you know, it's not a joke. Yeah, that, that's true. That's very, very true. That's true. Um, Dami, so like, I promise this is the last question. I promise. This is my, this is the last question. Um, so would you say that um, poetry has the recognition it deserves in the writing space in comparison with the other journeys? Um, if not, what is missing? What needs to be done? What do you think needs to be done in that regard? Oh, well, this question, hmm. How do you face this kind of a question? So, yeah, I mean, obviously, poetry is a smaller market because people don't consume as much poetry in in the written form. You know, yeah, there's, a lot of poetry, there's, a lot, there's a lot of poetry going on. Music, arguably, is poetry, isn't it? Yes. And music, music does quite well, doesn't it? Yeah, but poetry in the form where you write it in a book is not doing so well. 
spoken word poetry, which is, uh, will I say, arguably the most marketable aspect of poetry in recent times. He's yes. doing okay as well, isn't it? You know, um, poetry is so, it's so essential, it's so important. But I don't think we value it accordingly. And I, I suppose the reason for that is because people who are in publishing are not really interested. But don't let's forget that there was a time that poetry was, was the thing. Yeah. Maybe 100, 100 years ago. Yes. <laughs> but everybody was a poet. Poetry, poets rule the world. You know, so, you know, so it's, it, it's, uh, it's difficult. I mean, and at the moment now, in publishing, even fiction is, is not where it's, well, I mean, and these days now, people are eating good. It's, it's, it's television, television series, not even films anymore. So it's, yes. it's like, guys will always change, you know, uh, it's always change. So when you say what needs to happen, hmm. People should buy more books of poetry. Poetry should become more accessible, you know, in some kind of way. How does poetry become more accessible? We need to talk a bit more about poetry. You know, I buy a lot of books of poetry. Uh, maybe a week, every week I buy a collection of poems. Okay. I read poetry. I talk about poetry. Uh, but that's just me. If everybody's talking about it, then it becomes, it becomes more marketable, isn't it? Because, you know, so we need to build value around it, you know. Uh, but, you know, the, it's the value system more than anything else. Um, so that's what I think. That's my own opinion. Though. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> so thank you so much for joining us, Danny. I miss your busy schedule. And this was such an amazing and enlightening conversation. Guys, mm. please. Danny is available on Twitter at JollyPaps1, where he mm-hmm. spills all the tea, and on Instagram at JollyPaps. And also, mm. we're going to leave the handles to some of these magazines and also to his Substack newsletter in the description box. So do well to follow, do well to subscribe, read Danny's work, read the magazines, and you know, send us your feedback of this episode. And also, I'm sure you enjoyed the writing. So yes. Sending your comments and all. Thank you, Danny. Thank you, Faith. Thank you, Fama. It's been nice <laughs> talking to you guys. It's um, been so nice. Great work you guys are doing, you know, just uh, shedding light and, you know, putting the spotlight on on people who are doing doing good stuff. In, Thank you. In the cultural space. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Egbon. Wait, you have to you have to apply through the appropriate channels before you can use you, that <laughs> you have to apply, you know. You have to apply through the appropriate channel. Oh yeah, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Right. <laughs> I'm sorry, is that <laughs> I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just kidding, I don't take it seriously. <laughs> All right. Alright, guys. Thank you very much, guys. Alright. Thank you for listening, guys. And remember to follow us across our social media platforms. Bye. Until next episode. Bye. Thank you for listening. Kindly follow us on our social media platforms at the Writer's Source Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. And do send us a mail on the Writer's Source Podcast at gmail.com. Keep listening to us across the various 
platforms, basically everywhere you listen to podcasts, including Google Podcasts, do favorite us on Anchor, and we would love to see your ratings. The Writer Source Podcast is hosted by Ufoma and Faith, 